You're listening to Lighten Up with the Declutterista, and I'm your host, Becky Bass, the Declutterista. I'm all about having fun with mom life, decluttering, and interviewing inspiring guests. I'm very excited. I have an amazing co-host with me today, actually my first co-host, my dear friend, Emily Hollenbeck, amazing mom, PR expert, and we hung out the other day at Lifetime. She was like, oh, let's go on a road trip like we used to. And I'm like, I ain't got time for that. Can we go to your fancy gym and pretend it's a spa? And so she told this amazing story. Say hi, Emily, and go into your, go right into your story because you got to go pick up your kids. <laughs> hi. Well, I was just going to remain silent so you could no. keep saying more compliments oh, about me. Oh, man. I know. I could go on and on, but you have 10 minutes. Come on. Everything. Rush, rush, rush. Tell, what was your? Did you get back from Disney World recently? Which is usually a story within itself. But yes, you we, came back. And we did get happened? back from um, Disney World, and we went with our friends. So it's you know Disney World, intense. Kids loved it. So hot in Florida. Um, so we so come weird. back, and you know it, it's been a long morning. You have a three-hour flight back to Boston. It's now evening. The kids are hungry, so we land at the airport, and we thought we would get an Uber back to Sharon. And because of what time it was, Ubers were two hundred dollars. So oh. we decide to take an Uber only to South Station <laughs> so we could take the train back and save money. How'd that go? And um, so I look like a post-Disney mom. Well, maybe some of them, maybe just only me looks like this. I am, uh, so we're dropped at the top of this building next to South Station for some reason and have to walk all the it's way like over a helicopter there. helicopter pad or something? Yeah. I, I th- it must be. <laughs> I, I have never been on top of this building. I have no idea how it connects to South Station. Did you think it was another Disney uh, adventure? I, like, I, I thought maybe Splash we were Mountain. not going to live. <laughs> I don't know where we were. But we, um, so I am carrying two lightsabers. Um, have a slight limp because I <laughs> wearing a leopard print <laughs> wearing a leopard print skirt, and I am carrying an owl backpack plus two just plastic bags, and I am following my family down the back <laughs> part of South Station where the trains are to go catch up with them and meet you know get on the train home. But of course, everyone is running in front of me. They're all much faster. I'm limping along. And my three-year-old son turns back to run back toward me as I'm carrying two lightsabers, a bunch of bags. And these two maybe homeless people or people without homes or some two people hanging out in the train station yell at my husband and go, hey, your child, your child, come help your child. <laughs> because they thought I was going to probably attack him or keep him. <laughs> And my so husband they thought you were a bag lady. They is what you said. Bag lady. But what did Brian say? And my husband looks back behind him and goes, "Oh no, that's my wife, <laughs> who's limping along after <laughs> her. Oh my our God. son." So how did yeah. he know what was going on? How did he know that's that's what they thought that you were a bag lady? It was obvious uh, because they were yelling at his attention. <laughs> and if you looked at me, I mean, I'm wearing a leopard skirt, a giant cardigan. <laughs> Two lightsabers, <laughs> tennis shoes that are like neon, oh limping after this child with a bunch of bags. Thank you. That's is that just mom life or is that Disney mom life? It's a whole nother level. You know, probably that's me on an average day. On an average day, just just don't hobble down the road towards children. Yes. There's probably There's trash good. spilling out of the bags. <laughs> Half eaten snacks. Oh 
god. So Emily and I go ba- go how far back? Five H-T-A. years. I know. I know. I was thinking it started with our triathlete days, which I used to say anytime someone asked, "How are you back?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing a triathlon. I'm doing a triathlon." And uh, now, if anyone asks how I am, I say, "Oh, oh, I'm doing a podcast." So yeah, I just. I mean, this is why escalator, escalator, Always take it to the next up. level. Yes. I know, I know. So, but I think we go farther back from. I think we used to work out together in the mornings. Yes. And see the Boston Sports Club sunrise. Yes, on our recumbent bikes. Yeah, that was a real hard workout. <laughs> it was a really hard workout. It is definitely a hard workout. And I remember my family um, really liked you, and they said they're so awesome. She's a keeper. They're like she's the one. So when they actually like my friends, I, I focus. Yes. So I I went in I'm for it. I'm still here. I know you're still here. Still I know. Here. And I have friends that I've had for like 30 years, but I probably only know you like five or six. But I feel like I feel Our like it's life. a lifetime. I and know. We're gonna write a book together. You heard it first on the air. Yes, we are. Because it's gonna be filled with amazing mothering tips. <laughs> Like how not to look like a bag lady on a daily basis. <laughs> or just accept that you do look like Yeah, well, embrace it. Okay yeah. With it. Yeah. Which okay perfectly, you know, the suitians. Ooh, you know you need a fanny pack to complete the look. You know, I know. Or maybe I, I that'll really make you do. look more like um the Kardashians. I do. I, I I do need a fanny pack. I just what do you do when you drive? Do you sit on it? I slept with it. I I think I sleep with it. <laughs> like it's part of my skin um (laughs) actually i was late today because of my fanny pack and dimitri i think every episode i talk about fanny packs because he just said like what well becky it's called i think it's called a a belt bag now oh is that the that's the latest lingo yeah it's called a belt bag my fanny pack made me late today i got my oil change for the first time at a normal place it wasn't um I usually go to the dealership because it's a spa and the guy, you stay in the car at Vaveline or whatever it's called. And he's like, oh, you just went down there to get your credit card out. What do you have there? <laughs> so he was, he was That's bringing really up the That's really awkward because he had to peek up through your window yeah. and down at your hands. <laughs> I just didn't know where all these items came. Area. <laughs> it's not, a, it's in my pouch. But he didn't know where all these like such easy access to credit cards were coming out. I don't think he was just looking in there, but anyway, I just wanted to have you on the show. You got to go, you got to do pickup, but you're a great, I'm a little intimidated. You're actually a really great interviewer and oh, so fun. Thank you so much for having me. You are awesome. Love the declutterista. Oh, stop you do it. So much for people. Like you were just amazing, Becky. Oh, you same. are just amazing. You're making me blush. You're such a huge supporter. And like, I name drop you all the time. Like if people are like, oh. just I'm like, Oh, yeah, my friend Emily, my oh. friend, em- you know, Emily Hollenbeck, like I'm an I'm a name dropper, because you're such a kind, cool person. Oh. And you're one of the reasons that I love where we live in Sharon. So know, same feel the same. Good. Good. Love times. Good times. HTA. Oh, yeah. And we did the triathlon together and seeing her Two triathlons. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah, I remember. I remember someone saw me like running, and he's like, "Oh, are you training for?" I was. I don't think I was with you, but I'm like, "Oh, are you training for a marathon?" I'm like, "No, I'm a triathlete. What I could do it all. About? Swim and bike. Please swim, bike, run. Please, hello." Um, but we've been through a lot together. Probably next, we'll write a book together. Yes. Now it has to happen. Now that we've said it, said it live. Tales from the Mom Bomb, which is my car. Yes. And uh, just keeping awesome. And just, you know, if you're a new mom, find your mom friends because they definitely That's make right. everything amazing. And as- aside from the kids being awesome, the, mom- <laughs> the moms are great too. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Becky.
I'm really excited to have a couple amazing guests today from Sutians. Amanda Hem and Sarah Douglas founded Sutians, and they support parents in the workplace. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Hi, thank you. So excited to have you. So before we jump into like how you started your business, I just want to cut to the chase, the elephant in the room, the reason I found you guys. I posted on the Pepper Lane website, I'm really interested in mom guilt, who can help, and you chimed right in. So how can we fix this big problem of mom guilt? That is a great question, right? It's a huge question, and I don't think it's one that can be fixed. Oh, come on. Fix it. (laughs) It's like everything we do with working parents, we're like, here's your top 10 tips to make life perfect. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work that way. I think a lot of it is mindset, a lot of it's hard work, and a lot of it's coming up with who your community is around you and finding support and being able to be okay with asking for help and receiving for help and knowing that that goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the more that you can support, you know, it's kind of like pepper lanes, there's ask and there's receive. Mm-hmm. So the same with, I find with mom guilt, the more that I can get comfortable with asking people for help, the more they're comfortable asking me for help. And then it balances. Mm. And suddenly it's like, oh, I'm not in this alone. I don't have to do everything all of the time. I've got my network who can help me out. So true. And to my left over here is my good friend, Emily Hollenbeck. And she is one of my mom friends. She told me an amazing, amazing story that we're going to get to. And we really kind of, the Moms Club and Share, we built a village of helpers. And I think we both give a lot. We say, oh, everyone come to our house. But then personally for me, I like to ask for help in return. <laughs> But Emily's always that go-to person. Do you have mom guilt? Yes, definitely. And I I think one of the harder things I have, and probably a lot of other moms have too, is you're always the first one to probably raise your hand, always willing to help. But it's also hard to accept help. That is something that I personally need to work on, and which makes the community work. I don't. I don't need. I don't have a lot of help. I don't need to uh, work on asking. <laughs> I'm like, who else? Who else is up in here? But no, I guess I guess that's a strength. But um, I've, you are always so complimentary. But everyone's always like, oh, Becky, you do so much. You're so great. I'm like, no. So then I can ask for help. So you know, right. just I mean, it's partially good person, but it's partially just having that community. So, so I think there's a lot to be said for being authentic too. So yes, you do a lot, but there are things that we all struggle with. And I think the more we talk about how life is not always perfect and that we all have things that we struggle with, that it makes everything sort of feel a little bit more humble. Oh, totally. So everything's not as perfect as it is on social media and Instagram. Instagram. Instagram's the worst. Yeah. Well, that's isn't that just for? Like they say, that's where you kind of, what do they call it? Curate? Yeah. Yes. So I don't, I don't. You have to think about what happens five minutes after that picture is taken. I think it's beautiful. You know, I've seen these ones of the kids in the pumpkin patch and it's perfect. And five minutes later, somebody's stung by a bee. Someone has spilled hot (laughs) cider all over themselves. It's not always. And you're just bribing them with the donuts to smile for the picture anyway. Exactly. (laughs) I think the pictures are more interesting when there is the bee sting. I like (laughs) it. Right. (laughs) Like, are there any photographers who just do like. You know, candid, messy. Moms. Oh, that's us. Okay. That's yeah, us. yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's definitely us. We do the disaster photos. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you guys, you started off as doulas. Both of you did? Okay. Yeah. And tell, I mean, I'm still a little bit confu- confused what a doula is, and I know doulas, but I still want a little bit more 
info? Like, what are the types of things that a doula would do? So obviously, I didn't have one. Maybe I needed one. <laughs> so there are there are different types of doulas. So most people are familiar with birth doulas who actually walk with the, their families through the birth process. Amanda and I are postpartum doulas. Oh. So we work with families after babies are born in their homes to help um, ease that transition to sort of figure out where solid ground is. And for some families, it's, you know, it looks like, like different things for different families. So for some, it's helping with meal support or laundry or, you know, playing with other older siblings while mom gets a rest. And for some families, it's um, emotional support, right? Birth is a big, complicated process. And becoming a parent is an even bigger, complicated process that I think we don't talk a lot about. Um, so we provide that space for families to sort of unpack what that means. And then some of it is education. People aren't really taking newborn care classes as much. So there's support with learning how to swaddle a baby or breastfeed or things like that. Um, and so it's just, it looks different depending on what, what the family needs. There was one family I worked with that I swear I just sat on the couch and watched Tashi TV all day with her. But she needed somebody to sit with her while she yeah. was just hey, that's huge. going through life. So we just kind of did that. And then on the other end, I worked with a family in Boston and the mom needed to figure out how to navigate the city with a baby. Mm. So we put we're like, let's go to Italy today and figure out how to do the subways with a stroller. Or let's go to Assembly Square and have the baby have a massive blowout and need to go to Carter's and buy a new outfit. And then by the time we got home, mom was like, I did that. I can totally do this. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's building that confidence and just um, making, making the moms and the, the parents, but really it's moms that we work with a lot feel like they can handle whatever is being thrown at them. That's such an awesome service. I feel especially now that so, you know, in today's world, so many people may not live close to the grandparents or the aunts or the uncles to have that network of people who have been there before who can lead you through and show it to be okay. That is an amazing service. Is this, how do people learn that? I, I, I mean, we both have multiple kids, and I don't think I ever even knew the service existed. How do people learn about it or hear about it? I feel it should be talked about in hospitals. I mean, they basically show you how to slap on a diaper, and then you're kind of... And now they don't let you... My sister was like, okay, they're going to give you the option of being with the baby, but I highly recommend the nursery so you can actually sleep. They don't do they not do that anymore? It That's crushing. On the hospitals, okay. the baby friendly hospitals that really want to encourage breastfeeding, want to encourage rooming in so that breastfeeding is off yeah. to a good start. But there is that like I had two C sections and sending my baby to the nursery for a few hours was a godsend. Yeah, isn't like, it amazing? Oh, I needed that sleep. Yeah, but it sort of brings so. up the bigger question of how do you know what you need when you don't know that you need it. Mm. Right, right. Yes. All right. So we so you were asking how do people find out about postpartum doulas and I transitioned from being in more of a corporate career as the director of product and project management for a company and was being a, getting a little burnt out and so I went into some deep thinking and said what is it I want to do and I came up with this vision of helping new moms after they had their babies because it's such a challenging time period and I thought I invented it <laughs> and then I googled it and I'm like oh this is called a postpartum this is a real thing and their certifications and trainings and went through the whole you know steps of doing that but the majority of the clients that I have come from referrals from other birthy kind of people. So from lactation counselors, from their birth doulas, um, from their mental health clinicians. And 
that sort of thing. And then word of mouth, you yeah. know, the mom's groups. Do most people have doulas, a birthing doulas, if they have home births or are their doulas hanging out at like hospitals? There are lots of doulas at, at hospitals. But they're different than midwives because they're not Correct. delivering. They're more like the advocate, support. Right. Preventing exactly. you from whacking your husband. Yes. <laughs> they get whacked instead of the husband. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, Punching bag. They're yeah. all non-medical. So okay. Doulas are non-medical. Emotional Midwives support. are medical. So Got it. Kind of that separation. So there are doulas that support births at home births, and there's doulas that go into hospitals. Um, and some hospitals are way more welcoming of having doulas and that extra support than others. It's uh, Some doulas work really well with the medical community. Some work really well with the home birth community. So it's finding the doula that works best for your situation and the way that you want to parent and birth. That's awesome. I was actually wondering, you kind of alluded to it, are most of your clients, and I know you guys transition, we're going to get to that awesome transition. Do most of the clients, um, are their families out of town? I've had a mix of both because sometimes even if your family is close by, having them come help is a mixed blessing, Mm. right? Because they'll bring history or they'll bring their own agenda as to what they want to do at your house with your baby. Um, So I've I've had a mix of both. Yeah, I've definitely had parents who's who their parents have passed away so they're just mm. clearly not available Oof. others who have bad relationships and then on the other end of the spectrum i've worked with a number of families whose parents have actually come from overseas to move in for six months a year and i'm there with the grandma with the new mom with the baby <laughs> and helping to support the whole network well i was just thinking some drama like what if the family like you in that case, oh, wow. is that really intense sometimes if it's like, why do you need a doula? We're here. Like, is there that weird dynamic? Sometimes, but the moms have really appreciated having <laughs> me as a professional <laughs> to be like, well, Amanda says, yeah. <laughs> I I know I hear Stay you, good. mom, but Amanda says that we need to do it this way. Oof. So then it kind of helps them to make their argument. It also puts me up as a barrier sometimes between the two so that I, they can yeah. still have a good relationship without arguing over that one piece Oof. You, know? you guys got quite a job here and you're like you're very both of you are very soothing like i feel like yeah. you need to be a type of personality you can't be like a spaz like you guys no, are very yeah. zen you kind of have to match a mirror right so sometimes so basically i couldn't be one is what i'm thinking i'll be like just drink more coffee you're good that's why you come just in and throw declutter some stuff you out. need that energy just declutter <laughs> everything's fine just get you don't need that but i think ultimately our our goal is to sort of work ourselves out of a job right we want these families to become confident enough that they feel like they can handle the day-to-day stuff that they can go out in Boston with the baby in a stroller or in a baby carrier or whatever so that going to the grocery store is not overwhelming or that daily life is is definitely manageable. And a lot of our moms are spazzes. And so we have to balance. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) You know, after we've all had babies, we've all had babies, it's just crazy emotions. And one minute you're just about asleep and the next minute you're totally losing it. And then you're, you know, sure that the world's going to fall apart. And then you're absolutely totally in love and you can't get over how precious this thing is. And all in the span of four minutes. Yeah. And they never talk. This is inappropriate. I might have to edit this later. No one tells you about the undercarriage. Oh, we talk about 
I think there's a lot. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the situation, the tearing. Uh, that no one. They talk about the contractions. No one really tells yes. you for about that part. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, so, I, <laughs> that's a situation. But, but I feel like that's sort of <laughs> childbirth class in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that that we're going to get you to this point where your baby is born? Ta-da! And done. what about the other parts? And then, good luck. <laughs> what about the you part know? where I'm fainting because I lost so much blood? Right. right. So there's not a lot of talk about that. There's not a lot of talk about what recovery really is going to be like. There's not a lot of talk about how you want to kill your partner at the same time when you mm. get home from the hospital and neither of you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think we talk about these things enough to be able to to say, hey, what you're feeling right now, it's normal. It's Okay. Are you yeah. guys well trained in like the mental health when it's like the postpartum, I assume, when you can tell like that it's beyond like normal? Yeah. 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 So we've definitely done a lot of training in recognizing, assessing, knowing how to have conversations about, hey, I think you need more help than we can offer. Um, you know, one in five women is the number oh, wow. that suffer from postpartum depression, and that's diagnosed. So then you think about the undiagnosed, and then you think about the people who um, aren't at that diagnosable level, but it's still struggling, right? So we like to say emotional complications. What kind of emotions do you have that complicate your life? And that's where a lot of our work is is based. That's awesome. Well, you're not even here to talk just about this no. part. <laughs> yeah, a whole nother thing. So it sounds like you discovered that there is a good amount of support postpartum, but what is missing? Is what did you figure out? Stage, right? Next stage. So. Especially in this area, there's a lot of postpartum support, which is amazing. But then people go back to work and everything that you have built over the 12 weeks you were home, if you were lucky enough to be home for 12 weeks, totally gets ripped off and you go back to work and you have a full-time job on top of what has been full-time for the last 12 weeks. You're not fully recovered. You're not mentally in um, as strong as you were before you had your baby. You're still really torn. And then you get back to work and everybody is ignoring the fact that you've had a baby. You don't necessarily have that support network anymore at work. You are trying to juggle it all. You're so overwhelmed. And for many people, just like people think about childbirth, they don't think about the postpartum. They don't think about going back to work and what that is actually going to look like to become a working parent. So that's where we started to put our efforts in Sutian's. Very cool. Because it's not like one thing stops or starts, right? Sort of everything blends together. So you're going back to work at 12 weeks. And oh, by the way, the, that four month sleep regression, that's still coming, regardless of whether or not you're at work. Yeah. They're not that interested. No, no. <laughs> it's really. not a valid excuse. <laughs> right, right. So what what do you offer? What exactly does that does your company look like? How do you work with companies? How does how does all this work? Yeah, so um, we go into companies and we start by having a conversation with you know, HR, their employee resource group, their benefits managers, and say, what are you doing right now to support working parents? What is your culture like? And we talk to parents, we talk to uh, managers, and then through that, we kind of make an assessment and say, it sounds like you have a great program started. Let us help you move that forward. Or, oh, it looks like this is a huge need. Let us work with you from day one of creating some parent supports. And so that looks like um, 
On one side, the prenatal side, is we have classes for expectant parents. And we say parents because we feel like dads need to be in the conversation just as much as moms. They're all partners. Um, Talking about how to get ready for leave, what to do when you're home so that you can build a strong foundation, and then strategies for coming back to work. And the idea with that is that uh, as parents are feeling stronger in this, they're going to be more engaged at work. They're going to most likely stay at work if they have a good, strong motivation to be there. Um, and they're going to be feeling more confident and presenteeism and absenteeism and all of that is going to go down. So from the company side, it's like win-win. And from the employee side, they're feeling more confident and at ease with the transition. Mm-hmm. And then on the working parent side, as I kind of started with, community is so, so important. So we have um, events like our Parenting Power Hours, where we have working parents from the company come in and have facilitated small group conversations where they're really learning from each other. Sarah says parental eavesdropping, which is a phrase I I love. love. That's a good term. Right? Of just kind of learning from each other. And then we switch you up so you're sitting with other people from your company. And then we'll do it again so you're learning who other people are. So at the end of these activities, it's been fun. It's exciting. Um, You have a solid tip that you can walk away with and go, this is a strategy that I'm going to implement at home or at work to make that whole integration a little bit easier. And now you know that Susan, who sits over on the fifth floor, has a child your same age and you can share strategies with. And the guy who sits on the second floor has a child that's six months older and is going to give you all the hand-me-downs, right? So you're building that. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say are some of the, the problems that you hear coming up a lot? Like, main concerns from these people so one we keep hearing about is childcare, right the cost of childcare is really astronomical especially in this area but beyond that it's how do i know that my baby is not going to forget who i am Hmm. how you know we were talking about that mom guilt right passing off your baby to to someone else for the day is really challenging. And so then how are you? And scary. And so then in the limited time that you do have together, how do you make the most of that? What does quality time look like? What is it, you know, does it have to be something big and elaborate? The answer is no. Like you build, I I don't know about you, but for me, I'll build up these moments with my kids like, all right, we're going to go to the park. We're going to do these awesome things. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have such a great time. (laughs) And then, you know, somebody misses a nap or somebody gets sick or the traffic is terrible. And by the time you're even at the park, it's everyone's miserable. Yeah. Right. Plans are. Oh, it's terrible. They're fluid. Absolutely. (laughs) So, so then in those moments that you have that are sort of unscripted, how are you making the most of it? That's a bit. That's yeah, a that's conversation we've been having. I don't know how work. Sorry to interrupt. But I don't know how working moms do it because, like, so then you get home, and you know maybe they'll have some help with dinner, so they have a small window of time, and then I feel like their weekends have to be household, just adulting sort of stuff. Like I don't. I feel like they must have to be super organized to like enjoy. You know, it's just a, it's a lot of pressure. So or I admire outsource. them. Outsource where Pepper Lane? What? <laughs> right. I know. Do you do you talk about Pepper Lane a lot? I don't talk a lot about Pepper Lane as much as just like what is it that you're doing in your house that you don't like <laughs> that you don't enjoy? Right. So um, it's absolutely a good 
place to plug Pepperlane. I haven't mm-hmm. really put mm-hmm. that in as much. But we'll we edit that. But we like, Instacart <laughs> and meal um, deliveries. Meal deliveries and uh, getting a house cleaner to come in every other week and that sort of thing, those activities. So it's a balance of that. And then how do you accept that for right now, good enough is okay? Oof, love it. Mm-hmm. Do B minus work. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Done is right? better than perfect. Exactly. Right. I just, yeah, it just seems hard to get that balance. Like, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like, like, what's well, like a before and after situation where there's a very stressed out mom or parent and then they received your services and now they can enjoy their time with their family? They're less stressed at work. Like, what, what are some success stories? There's a lot so, of them, I'm sure. I, I, do, I think so. And I think that they're accumulation of little moments. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not like a big Cinderella a, Yeah, moment. a makeover. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's somebody who's now realizing that they do have to adult and they have to wash the dishes, but it's much more fun with their kid in the learning tower next to them. And they go, oh, okay, I'm getting stuff done and having quality time with my kids and dropping a little bit of that mom guilt or a little bit of that time after the kids go to bed that now they can put up their feet and enjoy time with their spouse. Or it's somebody who walks away and says, I'm now seeing that there's other parents in the same situation at work, so I'm feeling empowered to go to my manager and have that conversation Mm -hmm. about flexibility and seeing what flexibility means in that situation because it's not always just I need to leave early all the time, right? It's 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 a different look and feel for every situation and every person. Um, Sometimes it's just a matter of reframing it. So Amanda likes to tell the story of being a kid and having breakfast for dinner, which was always like the most awesome night ever, right? Mm-hmm. It was like you guys, in your jammies, you got cereal, you got waffles, pancakes, sometimes whatever. Sometimes in front of the TV. Sometimes in front of the <laughs> TV. Sounds like my house like, every day. No, <laughs> and, and as a kid, you're like, this is incredible. And as a parent, you realize those were the times where your parents were stressed and didn't feel like they right. had the time to make dinner or maybe they hadn't made it to the grocery store or and they were probably not feeling particularly solid. In their parenting skills. Mm -hmm. I love Pizza Friday. Pizza Friday with a movie. That's the best night ever growing up as a child. That's our routine now. And it's one less night I have to think about what to make for dinner. It's brilliant. That's awesome. So so keeping that in mind in terms of maybe you're not having a particularly strong parenting day, but your kid is experiencing it in a different way. Mm. We also talk a lot about um, juggling your priorities. Right. And so everybody's always talking about juggling and we think of that and lots of balls and it's stressful and you're trying to keep them all up in the air. But it's stopping to take a moment and evaluating what it is that you're actually juggling. So some of those balls are going to be really important and you can't let them fall. And so one day those balls might be more work. I've got this great big deadline. The client's coming into town. My boss is here. And so you have to kind of let things at home slide. You need to rely on your childcare, you need to rely on your spouse, you need to outsource to the neighbors, whatever that looks like. And then another day it's going to shift and your kid has a doctor's appointment or got sick from school or whatever it is. And you need to have that focus at home and you need to be okay letting your work stuff slide for the day, knowing that you'll pick it back up or that you have coworkers who can help out, whatever that might look like, but constantly evaluating what are those things that you're juggling and what is your priority and what can you drop and let it bounce and then pick it back up later is kind of a good mindset of remembering that um, you don't have to do it all, all the time. Can you have a postpartum doula if your child is eight? 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> There's no timeline when they're out of school. Just take care. Hold me. <laughs> Is this going to the cuddling industry? <laughs> I want to have the cuddling. Do you know that cuddling industry where you hire someone to cuddle with you? I yeah. Want to, me and Dimitri really want those people on the show if anyone, if anyone knows them. I don't know anyone in that industry. No. Oh, I'll man. keep my ears open for but you. You're just you're so helpful. I mean, I feel like you could help them come up with how to talk to their boss, how to talk to their partner. Like, is it all, or am I yeah. am I getting onto like therapy sort of stuff? No, it, <laughs> empowerment, empowerment. Hashtag yeah. empowerment. It definitely borders on therapy some days. Yeah. And we're not therapists. No. That's not our background. We're not medical. We don't no, are. social no. work. <laughs> right? But we do talk a lot about like how do you have that conversation with your partner? How can you make sure that you're redefining roles and being very clear? We were talking to somebody last week and she and her husband um, define their themselves as managers. Like You're the laundry manager and you're the kitchen mm. manager. And so then they don't have to worry about it because they know that the other person has it because that's they're the manager of that. That's smart. I was when you were saying that I was thinking when you're in the beginning stage of you know when they're going to have a baby, do you talk about those things early on or is that just too much? You're like you should mm-hmm. probably have that sort of household in a everything conversation. I think it's don't. even a broader level level picture of we all have our our intentions, right? How we want to experience the time, what we think is going to happen, our expectations for others, but until we actually communicate that Nothing's going to happen. Nobody's a mind reader. Mm. Your your partner or whoever it is that's joining you on the journey, they're not going to know unless you say, hey, we need to talk about this. We need to figure out a, a way so that the stuff that we're doing now doesn't drop. Or if it does drop, what's our plan for, for bringing in somebody else to take care of it? And we're big on planning ahead. Not very great at it in execution, right? It's like you talk about decluttering. You're a great declutterer and you're still not super routine and no, organized I can't all deal. the time, right? No, it gives so, me anxiety, the word routine, yeah. Right. So we talk about it and let's get those intentions out there and at least try. So all of those steps are just moving forward. But the more that you can have those conversations before the baby arrives, before the hormones hit, before the sleep exhaustion hits, the better. So if you're saying, hey, I really don't like your roommate from college who you absolutely adore. Let's talk about how to deal with him when he comes after the baby's born oh my God. and you deal with that now, <laughs> you know, when you still have two months to go, then it's an easier conversation than at three o'clock in the morning when he's sleeping in the room next door. Right. And it's, let's also that understand that com- my, that conversation might be different post baby where I'm going to be a lot grumpier about your roommate. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And same with lining up help. And this is one of the things that we were just talking about this morning of, Every mom that we talk to has gone, man, I wish I had a postpartum doula, right? Like, I still have one now. But before the baby comes, you don't know it. You don't know what you need. You don't think about lining that up. And we're finding the same thing with SUTNs that companies are looking for, you know, um, like sleep classes because that's what the parents are struggling with right then. And we're saying, but if you could go back and strike try to make a stronger foundation for those people before they have their baby, when they're going through the postpartums and they're coming back, then it's going to make whole life easier. So we're trying to figure out how do we talk to people and say, this is what it's really going to be like, and this is why you should be lining up the support now when they don't have a concept of even what parenthood is going to be like. Hmm. It's a challenge. 
That makes a lot of sense. So how do, do companies reach out to you? Do you reach out to companies? How does it, how does it work working with you in terms of, or all sorts of ways? What's the best way to like get some of this action? <laughs> all sorts of ways. I think the, I mean, we would absolutely love if companies were just calling us all the time and saying, Please They will come now. In. They will now. I hope they will now. And our, actually our very, the first company that we worked with did because they knew us as postpartum doulas. Mm. And it was this woman who, um, who came back to work after having a baby and it wasn't as easy as she thought it was going to be. And she got back to work and she's like, man, this really stinks. Like, I don't, <laughs> this is not working. And she actually built an employee, like a parent group within her company. It started just moms and then it added dads. And now it's expanded to be families because she's recognizing and everybody's recognizing that a lot of us in this generation are taking care of our kids and our aging parents, right? Mm -hmm. We're kind of stuck in the middle. So they're looking at the whole families. But she was just one woman on a crusade to be like, we need to make this better. So she brought us in. We started doing some of this programming with them. It's now expanded astronomically. It's um, They have executive support. They've got a big budget. They mm -hmm. are constantly like bringing in events on an almost weekly basis. And it's been amazing. Um, so companies could reach out to us like that. There's other people that we have introduced ourselves to the companies because we knew them as postpartum doula clients mm. or through, you know, just word of mouth. And I'm saying a thousand cups of coffee of just meeting with people and talking with people and kind of raising the tide about parental support in the workplace. And a lot of it is just planting that seed. So um, paid family medical leave is coming to Massachusetts, which is amazing. Um, but it also levels the playing field for all of the companies. So for a company that had offered what they thought were you know, really substantial, attractive um, maternity or paternity benefits, well, now everyone's going to get some level of that. So what are they going to do next? What's that next support structure that the company is willing to take? Because they see that working parents who who have support, uh, have a better experience at work and a better experience at home. I think this is great that um, the community you're creating at work so people feel comfortable to share your family life because sometimes when you're at work, you just feel you're in your silo, you have these deadlines to meet, you have these goals to meet, you're working with people from maybe a younger generation or older and not everyone is in their same life stage, but by just bringing those conversations mm -hmm. together, you know, you have a certain topic you're discussing, it just allows people to feel more connected. Absolutely. And right now with the business kind of environment as it is, employment is so low that companies are constantly trying to find ways to retain the employees that they do have and attract the new employees. And the new employees are starting to demand more benefits, more parent-friendly and family-friendly environments. And this is one way to do that and to build that community and that culture. Well, yeah, especially, um, you know, Pepper Lane is also creating, you know, this this community of people who the workplace isn't working for them. So they're creating a job for themselves. And so this is kind of like you said, helping the uh, employers, you know, maintain that sort of balance in the workplace. So, right. yeah. And we are totally for choice. I think that that's kind of why we got into this is that we were feeling like 
people were not able to continue mm. working because they didn't feel like they had a choice. And they felt like the only thing I can do is leave and take care of my child. And we want to go into companies and talk to parents and say, if you do want to work, awesome. If you don't want to work, that's fabulous too. But let's give you all of the tools that you need so that you can follow your motivations, whatever they are. That's so great. I remember I was planning on going back to work. I had all the paperwork. I worked at um, the Mass General Development Office because I was told I'm going to be the type of person that want, that's going to need to work. <laughs> Stay-at-home <laughs> mom life is not going to work for me. So I had it all planned. And my commute was an hour and a half from Franklin to Mass General. Um, and I made, I think I would, my salary pretty much would have paid for daycare, but still yeah. for my mental health, I had to go back to work. So, um, I just, I said this in my intro podcast, I said to my husband in the middle of the night, can I stay home? Can I be a stay at home mom? And I remember being really nervous, more nervous about telling my family cause they worked really hard to get me through good schools. <laughs> they, you know, they paid a lot of money for a good school. And I mean, it's not to say you're not using it. I just had that feeling. Um, mm -hmm. and so my mom was like, I just wanted you to have choices. You know, right. So she wasn't, you know, and my I told my work and they're like, yeah, we figured. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 funny, all the mind drama. And right. I, I think mindset is so huge for any mom, any person in general, working moms like I'm um, think of all the things you think you're doing wrong, you know, right. so. And that's a lot of it is people say, oh, well, what are your top 10 tips to keep people at work? And I'm like, it doesn't really work that way. It's about setting those intentions and communicating your expectations and and constantly having that communication going with your family, with your workplace, evaluating your priorities, adjusting on the fly. Yeah. It's also yeah. recognizing what's your why. Right. Why are you choosing to be a working parent? And for some people, that's like, well, I find the work so fulfilling. I'm giving back. I'm being creative. I love my colleagues. For a lot of us, it's the paycheck. And right. that's a perfectly acceptable reason, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely okay. And I think the more we sort of keep that in the back of our minds, that helps frame every other decision that you have to make. Hmm. And some people just like to drink their coffee with two hands and go to the bathroom by themselves. That would be me. That's what my <laughs> that yeah, that's okay. what my good friend she's like, I can have coffee, I can have time to myself. But she works part time. So um I'm, do you would you feel that people this is a blanket statement, but I remember someone telling me that people who work part-time are the happiest, more than full-time or more than stay-at-home, no? I don't know. That's I don't a, know. Somebody I don't know home? if there's stats on that, but uh, it makes no sense. idea about you got no, stats, yeah, yeah, yeah. but my own anecdotal is I worked full-time with both of my kids, um, and then I'm like, this isn't quite working because I get home and they go straight to bed, so I'm going to leave earlier which really didn't help because then we were, I was just more tired and crankier for the time that I did have them later on. So then I said, all right, well, I'm going to work four days a week. And that kind of worked, but I didn't really cut my workload. So I was just doing five days of work in four days. And I said, all right, well, let me try going part-time a different way. I'm going to work all five days, but two of those are going to be half days so I can have my kids earlier. And it still didn't work. <laughs> So it's like, I feel like You're I really tried trying. the full-time, the part-time, the shifted yeah, hours, yeah. and that balance was still really challenging. It was still really hard. How old are your kids? 11 and 9 okay. at this point. Awesome. Do you have kids? I do. I have three. My daughter is 12, and the boys are 9 and 7. Oof. 
And you got three. I say, if anyone has more than two, I say you have like a million kids. <laughs> Some days it feels like that. It feels like, yeah. Yeah. After, after I thought two was like the, the in, and then like you had three, and then some of our other, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Three's the new two. I don't know if you experienced this. I found that with my first two, they were at sort of opposite ends of the spectrum in every way. They were just very, very different kids. So I figured the third had to be somewhere in the middle. Nope. And there's this whole other outlier that <laughs> no one tells you no about. They're all right? outliers. Yeah. And you go, oh, where did you come from? <laughs> right. They're all three very different. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. I think three kids um, does feel like a lot today. Uh, we're having our home renovated and the contractor comes in and he goes, how many children do you have? <laughs> I said, well, I have three. And he goes, oh, I wasn't sure. It seems like a lot in here. <laughs> That's judgy. He meant it in a friendly way. And I think because they all have friends coming in and out. But I'm like, oh, could, did he? I just thought I based on how the house looked. No, but he saw kids maybe. popping out of it could, every... It could, be a, it could be a variety of reasons why he thought there's quite there a few children there. there. Yeah, because her house... That you have that house that all the kids yeah, have. True. Yeah, That's an awesome house. The best to be. party we all aspire to be. <laughs> She's like Martha Stewart. Yeah, she makes me like how together she is. She does a million things. She's kind of a superstar. I am exactly like Martha Stewart. Thank you, <laughs> Becky. <laughs> we'll tell we'll tell stories later. But um, any other tips or anything you guys want to say? This has been really great, and I think you guys are changing the world. Thank you. We're we're really excited about this. I think it's um, just starting, and it feels like a really great energy of the companies are getting ready for this. Parents are asking for it and we think there's some good things coming. Yeah. That's awesome. Great timing. And how, how do people, what are your, what's your uh, ways to get a hold of you guys? So our website is sutiens.us. It's S O U T I E N S. You have to say it in a French accent. You do. Yeah. Um, which, funny story, means to support in French, which is why we're like, oh, we're supporting. It's to support. This is great. If you Google it, it's all images of bras. Because there's support. Support. Right? They That's are amazing. Support. Not off the mark. <laughs> so, some, so, the right bra, support. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, sutiens.us is our website. And then we're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter. Are you on Pepper Lane? Well, I'm Pepper Lane. Ooh, yep. awesome. So. Well, you guys are doing amazing work, and I'm, I know you're going to blow up, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank I you I feel so better much. just talking to I know. Them. She feels supported. <laughs> she feels like the bra. <laughs> She's just good. She has like a giant bra on her feeling supported. <laughs> Escalator. Too far. <laughs> well, thank well, you guys so much. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you.